You're listening to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro, the place to learn about new technology and technological advances before they become mainstream. This podcast is sponsored by IBM. IBM is a leading hybrid multi-cloud solutions company, accelerating the creation, development, and manufacturing of the industry's most advanced information technology for companies around the world. Let's get into it. Welcome to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro. I'm your host, Shelby Skirhawk, and our guest today is Rick Halsaver, North America Flash, SDI, and Red Hat Storage Channel Sales Leader for IBM. Rick, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here, Shelby. Excellent. Well, today we're talking about the advantages of IBM Flash Systems versus its competitors. But uh, first off, Rick, uh, tell us just a little bit about your role there at IBM and and within this storage channel. Sure. So again, I'm Rick Halsaver. I'm on a special IBM team called the Storage SWAT Teams, which stands for Storage Weapons and Tactics. And the goal of the team is basically to help IBM business partners and their customers to understand why, why IBM Storage is worth considering from pretty much all aspects, right? To include like performance features, compatibilities, uh, and of course, how we, you know, compare to the competition. And I also offer uh, trainings through Ingram that help people that have never stole, uh, never stole, never sold storage previously. Maybe you sold networking or communication gear, what have you, but never really sold uh, storage. If you fall into that category and you would basically like to have just an elementary class on storage terms, and learn what things like IOPS and NVMe and clustering and controllers and all the kind of stuff are. We can do that in an hour, hour and a half. All you have to do is arrange it through your uh, Engram rep. So uh, it, it could could it go as medial as or yeah as as beginner as what is the cloud? <laughs> it really is. So I talk about the cloud. I talk about what multi cloud is. I talk about uh, all the pieces and parts that you will hear, not just in storage, but the things that might come up with storage. Yeah. And it really just helps people, you know, if you're selling servers and you're not selling storage because you just don't understand it, you're, you're really leaving a, 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 an open door for your competitors. Yeah. So why not attach storage to what you're already doing if you can? And, and the first step is just to understand what, what the heck it's all about. It makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, what are IT decision makers then really looking for in a storage solution? I mean, cost is, is always a, a factor there, but what else is important? Well, so I would say the sellers have to put themselves in the shoes of these decision makers. So imagine they have to buy now for what they think or where they think they might be four or five years from now. So they don't even know when they're going to be, right? You know, they could get bought. They could quadruple in size. They could have in size. They have no idea. So because of that, they worry about a lot of different things. You know, they have to worry about management of the storage and things like availability and security and and gosh, we need to mirror and replicate. And what if we go to the cloud? And well, heck, what if we don't go to the cloud? So it just kind of creates, I guess, uh, anxiety and uncertainty. And then when they go to sites like Dell and HP and Pure and Hitachi and others, what they end up finding is a bunch of families. So it, you know, it's not uncommon for a vendor to have five or six different product families. And then you click on the family and all of a sudden there's five or six products within the family. And then these, these manufacturers, they list them as, as like entry or mid-range or enterprise. And then, you know, the decision makers like, gee whiz, what are we, right? Are we entry or mid-range? You know, where's mid-range stop and enterprise right. start? It's so confusing. So once they figure that out, then they go to the family, then they have to figure out the family, then they have to figure out the product. And when it's all done, they have to start all over again. Cause guess what? 
They can't just try one vendor. They have to look at multiple vendors. And again, it's just overwhelming. So what IBM did differently to basically kind of help customers, you know, get past this, I guess, or, or to answer your question, what's important, I think it's simplicity for the customer. So what we did is we decided, you know what, we're going to redefine simple. We're literally going to offer to the customers a single hardware platform called Flash Systems and a single management platform called Spectrum Virtualize. And it doesn't matter what kind of drives these guys have. doesn't really matter where the customer is. They could be using, they could be on-prem, they could be in the cloud, they could be using virtual or bare metal machines, they could be doing containers, it doesn't matter. It would be the same operating system called Spectrum Virtualize no matter where they go. So it helps them to take care of where they are now and wherever it might be in the future and takes a lot of the anxiety out of out of, out of the whole thing. And that, that's, that's interesting to be able to uh, simplify it because, yeah, there's too many permutations uh, of of different options that you can choose. And if you're not uh, familiar with it, it's it's just helpful to have somebody be, to be able to walk you through what those are. So um, let's let's talk about then the the competition. I mean. If you are looking at these various vendors and you're comparing IBM to Dell and HP, um, what are some of those differentiators um, about IBM? And are there some maybe unexpected advantages that that IBM systems offer versus others? So first of all, that's a great question, Shelby. Um, and it's actually a long answer, so I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> no. Um, so because you kind of have to divide the answer to that up into two separate things. One would be hardware, one would be software. So I guess let's let's start with hardware, right? Start with the media itself. Our competitors, for the most part, use standard off-the-shelf flash drives, right? And IBM can use them as well, right? But we also have designed our own flash modules called flash core modules. We also call them FCMs, if you will, for short. But while they look like a standard flash drive from the outside, they actually are the fastest and most dense drives in the market, their speed, believe it or not, is less than 50 microseconds. And so to put that in perspective, these flash core modules are three times faster than Pure's fastest storage offering, five times faster than HPE's storage offering with twice the capacity. They're even faster than Dell's storage class memory, which is, you know, storage class memory blows flash away, right? Not in our case. These flash core modules are faster than anyone out there storage class memory to include Dell at less than 15 microseconds. So nobody really touches us from that side. Then you start to look at some of the other stuff. Uh, uh, let's talk about density and footprint. So companies like Dell and HP and others, they provide flash drive that has a maximum capacity of 15.36 terabytes. Our flash core modules are 38.4 terabytes and they're our biggest form factor, our biggest uh, capacity which is more than twice the density of these competitors. You might say, who cares, right? Why does that matter? Well, the thing is, density creates a smaller footprint for the customer. And again, you might say, who, who cares about footprint, right? Well, think about this. Security. We want to make sure as, as these companies go out, they, we want to make sure that they are secure in every respect. And one of the things they need to do is replicate data to a remote site somewhere so if the power grid goes down on their side, guess what? They can go to the data that's on a different power grid and things like that, right? You got fire, you got earthquake, you can have whatever. So 
when you talk about a remote site, most of the organizations don't have the money to go out there and buy a chunk of land and fill it full of people. So they go to a provider. Well, that provider will charge you by one of three metrics, floor tile, square foot, or almost always something called the rack U. Rack U is the physical height of the device. And that's where footprint comes from. So one rack U equals one three quarters inches of height. So that's, why footprint is important because they charge you by the height of the device. They charge in some of the major cities as much as $300 per rack you. So you, you talk about a company like, uh, uh, say, Pure with their XL box where they have a 5U box that compares to our uh, – we have a box in the mid-range that beats their performance in the high end. But our box is 2U, theirs is 5U. That means that the customer, because of the density and the footprint that we offer, if they used Pure instead of us, they could pay as much as $300 times that 3U times how many ever they have per month times however many months the contract is. And what are they getting out of it? A slower product and they're paying more money for it all because it has a higher footprint. So density and footprint, it's a huge thing. And, and, and you... You kind of start out the question by, you know, what are some unexpected advantages of IBM? I would say that's probably an unexpected one. People yeah. don't think about that, but it's it's there, right? Now you talk about things like uh, economics. Um, and economics has to do with money, right? So the majority of the products in the marketplace are either all NVMe flash, all SSD flash, or all disk drives, right? That means the customer has to make a decision to choose a box for each tier of the performance they need. And most organizations need multiple tiers, right? That can get expensive, not just because of the hardware, but because you have to pay maintenance. And again, maybe the footprint. So everyone needs different tiers of performance because after about 30 or 45 days, most data will either never be touched again, or if it does, it'll be very infrequently. You can't, no one can afford to put everything they have on flash. But you look at products like Dell's PowerStore or Pure's XL series, they're not only just flash, they're only NVMe flash. And that's the most expensive flash there is. So would it make sense to put data you never may never touch again on the fastest flash? And from an economic perspective, the answer is obvious, right? No, I'm not going to put something I'll never touch again on a very expensive media. Our ben Another benefit that we have from the hardware perspective, Shelby, is that our flash systems offer the ability to mix different levels of performance via the dis different types of drives in the same box. Why buy separate boxes and pay all that money for all that maintenance when you can have a product like the flash systems that allows you to uh, to mix and, and, and match the media within the box? So another, another interesting thing I, I would say is that if you look at, at products like HP as Elytra and, and again, Pure, they require the company to buy a whole shelf of drives for any capacity upgrade. So what if you're just a company and, and you know, you're three years into a five-year, four-year refresh, and guess what? You need just 30 more terabytes to get you over the hump. Mm -hmm. Too bad. You owe their product. You, you own their product. Guess what? You can't just buy one drive. You got to buy a whole shelf. That can be anywhere from forty dollars to $90,000, depending on what kind of drives they are and the sizes. Yeah. IBM flash systems, you can upgrade them one drive at a time if you want. And that, again, it just comes back to that economics thing. So let's help this the company save money and time. So I probably bored you to death on that. No, no. Um, okay, good, good. 
So the last thing I'll say about hardware is encryption. Shelby, you, you've heard of, of ransomware, right? Yes. Everybody knows what it is, right? Because it's in the news every stinking night. But the first safeguard that companies can have against the bad guys getting in is to simply encrypt their data. Mm-hmm. And for you sellers and architects, I'll tell you a great story. And that is ask a customer flat out, do you encrypt your data? And if they say yes, ask them, does it speed you up or slow you down? The answer is 100% of the time going to be, well, it slows us down. If they say no, they don't encrypt, ask them why. And guess what? They will say, well, we don't encrypt because it slows us down. Our flash core modules are the only product on the market where we actually can encrypt and compress data with no performance penalty. So now customers can provide that first line of defense against the back guys by encrypting their data with no performance penalty. It's a huge story. And I personally, you know, not toot my own horn, where I guess I am, but I personally sold six flash system boxes simply because the customers wanted fast in the first place, but they also wanted to encrypt data. And when I told them that, bam, they bought. So it just kind of gives you, you know, it, it kind of tells you how important it is. Right. So now I'm going to jump into the software side and we'll go through this fast, but I, I want to explain to you why hardware is cool. And when you think of storage, you think of the hardware. Yeah. No one ever thinks about the software, right? So the most powerful software defined product on the market is by IBM. And it's, it's our product called Spectrum Virtualized. If you remember when I first talked, I was telling you that is our management and operating system for the flash systems. It literally does what, for storage, what VMware did for servers. It virtualizes all block storage and if you can imagine this, it's not uncommon for anybody that's on the call to have customers that have multiple vendors of storage or, or it could be and or, they have one vendor storage, but they have three or four different product families and none of them talk to each other. And when you have three separate products, let's say, that don't talk to each other, you probably need three separate people to manage your storage. It's a waste. But because we have this this GUI that works with nearly everybody else's block storage, we can implement Spectrum Virtualize and we can literally let them use that on on not just IBM storage, but we can use it on anybody's storage. And when we do that, that means that guess what? Now they can use that block storage on-premise, in containers, again, in the cloud, what have you. So this software is just like ridiculously cool because it helps people with economics and and you might say well gee whiz you have three people working in your storage what happens to the other two do you fire them no nah, guess what if you're an average company out there you probably want to be more competitive and you probably want to do things like analytics or iot but you don't have the budget to hire more people guess what now we only have one person managing our storage instead of three what do we do with the other two people let's repurpose those people off to make off into other modern workloads to make the company more competitive make sense yeah, absolutely so it, the last thing I'll say about this is that Spectrum Virtualize isn't just that. It actually, as I said, is the, most, is, is the most powerful product out there. So it will automatically, when we talked about mixing different types of storage, we actually use AI in Spectrum Virtualize to tier the data automatically. The customer doesn't even have to touch it. And things like data reduction. If a customer, let's say, wants to go out and buy more storage, they had Spectrum Virtualized, do you know what? They could actually use the data reduction technology in Spectrum Virtualized, and they could literally create more capacity from their block storage 
by just using that. If they got three to one block, uh, three to one data reduction, that means they would have three times more storage without any additional hardware purchase, without any additional footprint. And it can do all the other stuff like mirroring and tiering and, and, and all the snapshots, you know, replication, uh, encryption, all the kind of cool stuff that everybody wants. And it's all included with Spectrum Virtualize. Yeah. It's funny, uh, the, the data reduction, um, you know, probably you're like, like many that, uh, use that, that Google drive religiously and, you know, just got the, the notice that, you know, we're going to start, uh, putting shortcuts to any duplicate app data that you have. And, uh, you know, that's, I imagine that is because we are just producing the, the most amount of data that we ever obviously ever have in our entire existence. And it's just, it's multiplying and multiplying. And so, uh, you know, if you see these large scale, you know, you know, the giants like Google trying to, uh, trying to, to reduce the amount that's being used, uh, one, it's an advantage for, for customers. I mean, they don't have to, to go purchase extra, but, um, that's, I guess that's something you don't really think about when you think about storage. You just think of the hard, you know, the hardware, like you said, you know, think of the software that makes it a little bit easier. That's exactly right. And you think about things like, what if you have data in Amazon or, or Microsoft Azure or something? What if you have, you know, a hundred terabytes and you need, you need 300. Do you realize that you can actually click on the store in Amazon and Azure and IBM and soon to be Google cloud you can click on the store, buy Spectrum Virtualize for about a third of what the capacity would cost you. Mm-hmm. You can turn it on and it will give you the data reduction on the cloud. So you're only paying for 100 terabytes, but you're realiz- realizing three or 400 terabytes. So that's how Spectrum Virtualize, like I said, doesn't matter if you're on-premise or where you are, even if it's in the cloud, when you use Spectrum Virtualize, it's going to give you all the functionalities. So let's talk about... Um you know, this comparison of IBM and Pure. So uh, I came across several uh, kind of subreddits on uh, on this debate. And so just because I'm not as familiar with Pure, uh, from a neutral standpoint, what does Pure and, and IBM's counterpart do? Well, I've never heard of Pure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so when you talk about Pure, you kind of have to dig down in and kind of understand what the company is all about, right? So what are they? You know, they're a cool company, to be brutally honest with you. It kind of pains me to say that, but they got bright colors and fancy fancy marketing. They make a pretty good middle-of-the-road product, but, you know, they also have the least performing products and most expensive solutions on the market for the most part. So that's kind of contradictory, right? You can be cool, but gee whiz, if you're not well-performing, then that might be a problem. And if you're expensive, probably a bigger problem. So what you have to understand is pure strategy. So the strategy is simplicity. Simplicity trumps everything. And and why you might say, well, Rick, that sounds good. Why wouldn't you want simplicity, right? In their case, it means that the simplicity actually will cost the customer performance and footprint and economics we talked about and even flexibility. So they push data reduction as their number one feature to the customer and claim that they get 5X, which is higher than almost anybody in the market to include IBM. But they don't guarantee it without the customer guaranteeing it that they can do it first. And even then, Pure will only guarantee it for 90 days. So it's kind of a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And, that, and really, Pure is this marketing genius that really does have a lot of smoke and mirrors. And, and the deeper you get into it, the more you start to see that. And I hate to say that because it's bad mouth and company, but it really, it, 
they really are really good at just kind of making things look better than they than they sound. But if you were to look for their performance numbers on their website, which I'd ask anybody, just go out and look for them, right? You won't see them. And why would they put their performance numbers on there if they're low? So guess what? They don't put them on there because of that. And interesting as well about their data reduction is that during heavy workloads, they'll turn it off. And you might say, well, that does sound like a big deal. But the problem is customers buy the capacity they're going to buy based upon whatever the data reduction is supposed to be. Yeah. When Pure shuts it off, if they're getting five to one, that means they're all of a sudden now they're writing five times more data. And guess what? What if I don't have enough space to put it? So Pure recommends that the customers buy 42% more storage than they need to make sure they have enough reserve capacity to cover this. I mean, what customer wants to pay for 42% more capacity that they might not even use, right? Right, right. It's crazy. So the other thing that Pure does is, and again, this is all about simplicity. They offer slow, medium, and fast boxes. Simple, right? You want to mix some fast with some medium storage? Can't do it. Want to automatically tier so that you can you can tier your data across the boxes? Can't do it. So their complicity, simplicity, I'm sorry, makes the customer buy a slow box, buy a medium box, and maybe buy a fast box along with all the costly maintenance stuff. So you need more performance? You got to buy an additional maintenance program, then they'll give it to them. So they get new controllers. Need more capacity? You have to buy a whole new shelf of drives. You can't do them one drive at a time. So what you start to see is that although they pitch pitch simplicity, their approach is really great for them and not really so great for the customer. Right, right. Well, so uh, taking this... uh Taking this a little bit further, um, what then are the advantages that IBM has over a competitor like Pure? And especially, you know, when we're talking about this data reduction, uh, if if data reduction is Pure's, you know, thing, it's it's the, the simplicity of it, the the way that uh, that they are able to, you know, be a popular choice in, in the marketplace, and they are. Uh, what does IBM have over them then? Well, so again, great question. Um, so when you look at the biggest advantages that we have over Pure, it's not just our technology itself, but it's really about the flexibility that we we'll offer the customer. So Pure kind of handcuffs the customers into long maintenance contracts that they can't get out of without losing a bunch of money. So, you know, most people on this call probably know what I'm talking about. They have a famous maintenance program called Evergreen, and they say that it makes everything simple for the customer. But I mean, we, we can take this time, we can dive in a little bit deeper to to help you understand exactly how it works. So they have two evergreen options. One, the first one is evergreen silver, which is a standard maintenance program everybody uses, 24 by seven or eight by five next day, whatever. The second one is their cash cow product. That's called evergreen gold. And that's the one that everybody talks about. What it does differently is yes, it has seven by 24, but it also offers the customer free controller upgrades after the end of three year uh, of the three year maintenance program they signed. And you might say, well, gee whiz, that sounds good, right? The problem is that the customer has to pay a whole lot of money extra for this gold evergreen. And the gotcha is that before they get the new controllers at the end of three years, they have to sign a new additional three-year maintenance contract. So Pure, before they get the controllers, Pure locks them into a six-year deal, a six-year contract. And you think about it, a lot can happen in six years. Do you really want to lock your your you know your company in for that long? 
So you might say, okay, Rick, sounds good, but give me an example, right? So let, let, let's take a, uh, one of their mid-range boxes, an X70. And let's say it has 366 terabytes in it. And after we put their most aggressive discount on it, the Evergreen contract would cost them $1,617 per month times 72 months, which is the six years, meaning that the customer would pay roughly $116,000. What do they get out of that? They get those Evergreen controllers on an old box. To put that in perspective, a set of flash system, 5,200 controllers are like 20K at the list price. So the customers spend on a whole heck of a lot of money. They call them free controllers, but nothing's free when you spend $116,000. So knowing that, now put yourself again in the customer's place, right? What if three or four years into this six-year contract, storage class memory, which is the fastest flash there is, right? What if it all of a sudden becomes less expensive than regular flash? And you're like, well, wait a minute, it's faster and it's cheaper? Bam, I, I want that, right? Well, if you're a pure customer and you're locked into that evergreen contract, too bad. You're locked in, you can't do it. And to rub salt into the wound even further, if the customer, we talked about how they're not very perf well-performing boxes. If the customer says, you know what? We need more performance. We need our controllers before the end of our third year. Pure will do it, but they're going to make them by four times more capacity and they're going to make them sign another three-year evergreen contract. So, I, you know, I urge you guys out there, as sellers and architects, pitch choice to the customer. You know, do, do, don't you really want to have a choice on whether you're going to spend all this money? And, and that's what IBM gives you. It basically gives you no lock-ins and it gives the customer more flexibility, if you will. So you brought up Shelby data reduction. So let, let me hit that real quick. And that is that, do they have great data reduction? The answer is yes, they absolutely do. But as I said before, it comes at the price of both performance and cost to the customer. Cost because they have to have reserve capacity when it shuts off. And just the box itself with all the maintenance stuff our flash system architecture provides not only faster data reduction, but never shuts off and the customer doesn't have to buy anything extra. So I would say to you folks that if you have a customer that's interested in pure and they're talking about a five to one data reduction instead of IBM's guaranteed three to one data reduction, turn the conversation around and talk about cost per terabyte. So I'll give you an example an X50 flash array by Pure with 137 terabytes compared to our flash system 5200 with 335 terabytes. Again, 137 terabytes with Pure, 335 terabytes with, with IBM. After a 68% discount on the Pure box, that's 3U high. And this is only with silver evergreen warranty. We're not even pricing out with their expensive stuff. Their cost for that box would be roughly $376,000. To put in perspective, the retail price or list price on the flash system with in one third the space with two and a half times more capacity is $371,000. It's $5,000 at our list price and their best discount. Mm -hmm. And the average discount. So when you pull the average discount off the flash system, the customer would pay roughly 59% less for a box 
that has two and a half times more capacity. It's faster and it's in less space. That's why you talk cost per terabyte. Makes a lot of sense. Well, as we start to wrap up our episode today, uh, we always ask our guests the same final question, and that's where do you see technology going in the next year? That's broad, I know, but uh, if you will get that crystal ball out, uh, tell me tell me what you see. And it can be within this space. It can be you know something that you're personally interested in, but where do you see technology going in the next year? Um, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Um, there's going to be a lot of people going to the cloud, but because of security secu- uh, concerns and performance and other stuff, the on-premise data center is still going to have its place, especially when you're talking about things like, um, I don't know, like DevOps and mobile platforms, basically anything that needs security, right? I also think that edge computing is going to rear its head within the next 12 months or so, and it's going to bring the compute layer closer to the users and the customers. But that in itself is going to generate, you know, new concerns that may be, you know, unseen at this point. So I think the real answer to your question is that it has to be easy for the customer to move data from wherever it is they are now to wherever it is they might go in the future. The ability to move from on-prem to edge, containers and clouds, all the stuff. And I really think that IBM's kind of uniquely positioned, not only just because of Spectrum Virtualized, but because we also own Red Hat, which has the number one uh, platform out there for the future, if you will, um, called OpenShift. For uh, listeners who want to find out uh, more about what we talked about today, how can they reach out? Um, so Ingram has a dedicated rep and technical staff for IBM. Um, uh, I'm also available to do on-site virtual sessions to, you know, to help anybody out, you know, how, not only to how to understand IBM itself, but the competition and how, you know, you can make high commission rates and what available uh, incentives are, are, there are to you. You can obviously hit the IBM.com slash storage site as well. But I think the number one thing you can do is, is reach out to your Ingram rep. And if you don't understand storage, let's get you to that point. You, it, you need to attach storage to every deal because if you aren't, again, your competitors are. So reach out to your Ingram rep. I would say the best thing that you can do. Excellent. Well, Rick, I appreciate all your insight today. Thank you so much for joining me. Bet. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in and subscribing to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro. If you like this episode or have a question, please join the discussion on Twitter with the hashtag B2B Tech Talk. Until next time, I'm Shelby Skerhawk. You've been listening to B2B Tech Talk with Ingram Micro. This episode was sponsored by IBM. B2B Tech Talk is a joint production with Sweetfish Media and Ingram Micro. Ingram Micro production handled by Laura Burton. To not miss an episode, subscribe today to your favorite podcast platform.